What's going on, family? Happy Monday and welcome to The Faction. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and it is great to have you guys with us here today as we are officially in the month of October. The fourth quarter of 2022 has begun, and you know, it's my favorite quarter of the year for a few reasons. Reason number one, well, my birthday's in this quarter, so there's that. Reason number two, you've got the holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas. Reason number three, it gives us an opportunity to really take a look back at all that's happened throughout the year to see what we've accomplished, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. With that said, make the fourth quarter your best quarter, all right? We'll get the inspiration out of the way. But yeah, do that, family, because you know what? There's a lot for us to do. We can't afford to miss it waiting for 2023, but we can still squeeze some juice out of 2022. With that said, thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to the faction and all things connected to me as well relative to the world of wrestling. You guys have been really amazing with your support of all we've been doing in commentary, et cetera, et cetera. And before we go, I'll make sure I tell you how you can check me out on commentary if you're interested in doing that at all. But thank you so much for supporting The Faction on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. And of course, if you are subscribed to our podcast, thank you so much. You can check us out on Spotify, Google, Apple, and wherever you're listening to us right now. Would you leave us a comment in any of those places as well? And a rating. It allows others to experience and see what you're experiencing and seeing. There have been some really cool comments and ratings that have been left, and I really appreciate that. It allows us to continue doing what we're doing and doing it in front of more people. So with that said, there's a lot of news to get into, and I want to start with what I believe is the biggest news happening from over the weekend, and that is the passing of Japanese legend Antonio Anoki. Antonio Anoki is without question the most important wrestler in Japanese history for a lot of reasons. For one, he was a trailblazer as a combat sports competitor. He's a guy who participated in MMA and pro wrestling. In fact, he participated in what many feel as though is the most famous and revered boxer versus wrestler match in history. And that is when Antonio Inoki took on Muhammad Ali. And you've got to remember, this is Muhammad Ali in his prime circa 1976. So the fight itself happened in Tokyo, Japan, in the Nippon Budokan, which of course houses a lot of events currently for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It drew over 14,000. It was sold out. It was aired on closed circuit. And this was closed circuit in 1976, which predates WrestleMania. It predates Starcade. I mean, this was a really big Moment and it laid the groundwork for a lot of boxer versus wrestler matches we would see in the future. Think about how big this was. Shea Stadium in New York actually aired that bout on its big screen and drew 33,000 folks there to watch it on the screen while having an undercard of pro wrestling and mixed rules matches. Now, that match. Ali versus Inoki ended in a draw, but Inoki spent most of the 15-round contest on his back, kicking at Muhammad Ali's legs and landing those kicks more than 100 times. It's safe to say that Muhammad Ali took far more damage, and 
Ali sustained several injuries to his legs from that fight as well. It was a game-changing moment. But that's not all Antonio Inoki did. He founded New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1972. This year, ironically, is the 50-year anniversary of New Japan Pro Wrestling, which has certainly revolutionized the world. It, as most promotions have, have gone through ebbs and flows. There were periods where we didn't hear a whole lot about New Japan Pro Wrestling, but then New Japan Pro Wrestling, thanks to the Bullet Club and several other things, experienced an incredible resurgence, had a strong global presence, and thanks to the internet and NJPW World, allows many of us here in the States to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling live as it happens as they stream nearly all of their events for the most part with English commentary as well. And on top of that, this is what's super interesting. Antonio Inoki was the first Japanese wrestler to hold the WWE Championship. So here's what happened. He defeated Bob Backlund in 1979 and it was due to outside interference. He would pin Bob Backlund again in their rematch with the help of interference, but the second bout was ruled a no contest. Inoki ultimately vacated the title. Backlund would win the title again against Bobby Duncombe and WWE never acknowledged Antonio Inoki's reign. However, I thought it was pretty brilliant and telling of the current WWE regime that when they announced his passing Friday night on SmackDown, they acknowledged the fact that indeed he did win the WWE Championship even though it wasn't recognized. If that wasn't enough, he was the first IWGP heavyweight champion winning that title in 1986. And then from there, Antonio Inoki kind of set the groundwork for wrestlers going into politics. He first entered the world of politics in 1989, when ironically, he started his own political party called the Sports and Peace Party. He was also elected into the Japanese House of Counselors back in 1989. And then in 1996, he flew to Iraq on a one-man diplomatic mission, negotiating with Saddam Hussein for the release of 36 Japanese hostages, which is incredible. He helped to put on a two-day pro wrestling festival in North Korea in 1995. The first day it drew 150,000, the second day it drew 190,000. Now there's an interesting story about that covered in season three of Dark Side of the Ring, which you'll definitely wanna check out because it was definitely a controversial experience. But in that experience, Antonio Inoki took on Ric Flair in the main event. It's the only time these two legends ever wrestled. Absolutely incredible to see the impact, the global impact of Antonio Inoki. And here's something crazy that I didn't necessarily realize until today. So when Antonio Inoki took on Muhammad Ali, the referee was Gene LaBelle. Gene LaBelle responsible for the LaBelle lock, which a lot of us know courtesy of Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson and Shinsuke Nakamura were actually students of Antonio Inoki participating in the Inoki Dojo, which was in Los Angeles. So it's crazy to see 
how all of this is connected. The impact of Antonio Inoki in the world of MMA is something that cannot be overstated. In fact, his final pro wrestling match went against current UFC Hall of Famer Don Fry, and that was in 1998. That was at the Tokyo Dome, and yet yeah, pulled 70,000 people. People from the world of pro wrestling, MMA, they are all speaking well of Antonio Anoki, who passed away this weekend. So certainly our thoughts and prayers are with his family, his friends. He retired from politics in 2019, but his impact on the nation of Japan and the world at large is something that will reverberate for many, many years to come. Again, our thoughts and prayers are with the family, friends, and fans of Antonio Anoki. With that said, there's another big piece of news that I want to talk about, and that is connected to this past week on Dynamite. So AEW Dynamite has been running into some real challenges as it relates to its ratings and its content and its season of goodwill. As we go into the three-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite, which takes place this Wednesday, it'll be interesting to talk about last week's episode of Dynamite, and we'll do that and the connected ratings when we come back. Hey guys, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, and I want all my Georgia people to know that the number one promotion in the state of Georgia is Southern Honor Wrestling. That's right, I'm talking about the boys up there in Canton, GA. Turning it out. And this is going to be their four year anniversary, October 7th. You don't want to miss it. It's all going to start with the Diamond Cup Invitational. Two rings, 12 guys, one winner. When it's all said and done, baby, there can only be one. October 7th, don't miss Southern Honor Wrestling. Bang! The Mac Militant. Let's get ready to kick it. Holla, holla, holla. Hey, what's up, players? WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long. And on October the 7th, I'm going to be in Canton, Georgia for Southern Honor Wrestling. Now, they're having that big anniversary there. That's going to be a big show, and I certainly want to be a part of it. Y'all come out October the 7th. Southern Honor Wrestling. Holla, player. Attention wrestling fans, join us Friday, October 7th for our huge anniversary show, SHW Still Here 4, coming to you live from the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. The show gang of wrestling makes our SHW singles debut as she faces the returning Heather Monroe. Former partners Chip Day and Kyle Matthews determine who the best technical wrestler in the state truly is when they face off in a two out of three falls match. Twelve men will compete in the first ever DDP Diamond Cup Invitational. Plus, Cyrus the Destroyer makes his long-awaited return to challenge the Priest of Punishment, Judas, in a last-man-standing match. And in our main event, two rings, two cages, Team Contra steps inside the War Chamber to battle Team SHW. We'll also have special appearances by wrestling legend Buff Bagwell and WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long. Tickets go on sale at the door the night of the show starting at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. Don't miss our biggest show of the year. Witness Southern Honor Wrestling live, an experience like no other. It's a black night. 
This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. So this is a very interesting show for AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite coming off the heels of Grand Slam, which in their own words was a bit of a reset. This Dynamite starts what they call a new era in AEW. That new era sees John Moxley once again as the world champion. That new era sees new tag team champions in the acclaimed. This new era also sees the Ring of Honor world champion, as Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho would begin the show with a bit of a celebration for his championship victory. Now, we can say what we want because a lot of people talk about ratings and the like. Now, I happen to have a look right now at the ratings for Dynamite quarter by quarter. Now, let me start by saying this. The overall ratings for Dynamite came in at 990,000 viewers, which happens to be down from Grand Slam's Dynamite, which was 1.03 million viewers. So it lost about 130,000 viewers week over week. That is interesting. But it gets even more interesting when you start looking at the quarter by quarter breakdown. So it seemed as though people were extremely interested in what Dynamite would open like because Dynamite opened in quarter one with 1.2 million viewers. That was a segment for the Jericho Appreciation Society. By the second segment, which saw Brian Danielson against Matt Menard and then a video for Juice Robinson and John Moxley, they'd already lost almost 200,000 viewers, dropping to 1.016 million viewers. Here's what's even more interesting, and I'm not fully sure what to do with this. So the lowest rated segment was in quarter seven, which was the 9.30 to 9.45 period, and that's our 875,000 viewers, and that segment contained interviews and then Ricky Starks against Eli Isom. But the last segment, which was Chris Jericho and Bandito for the ROH World Championship, only gained 4,000 viewers from the previous segment. So 879,000 viewers. So here's an interesting stat for you. Chris Jericho was involved in the highest rated segment of this week's episode of Dynamite and the second to lowest rated segment of this week's episode of Dynamite. That's not a great look to say the least and so yeah it's clear that obviously Jericho versus Bandito for the Ring of Honor World Championship was not enough to bring viewers back that they lost at the top of the show so yeah this is really interesting and I will say this I do on one hand think that you have to look at these ratings and these numbers to figure out what do you need to do better what are the stories that are working what are the stories that are not working at the same time, I think right now AEW needs to really commit to a plan. They do not want to make the same mistakes that WCW made. And they seem to be on that trajectory right now. And here's the thing. If you remember, WCW kept making not just weekly adjustments, but they would make adjustments in show based on what WWE was doing and based on what the ratings were saying. And the problem with that is ratings turn over time. And we cannot stress enough just how much damage the last month has done to AEW. AEW went into 
all out with some controversy. And and the reason why I say they went in with some controversy is here it is. You had this interim world champion. We were prepared for John Moxley versus CM Punk in Chicago and all out to unify the titles. And then mysteriously out of nowhere, two weeks before all out, they actually go on and had that title unification match. The match is less than five minutes long with CM Punk seemingly injured, losing the titles. Moxley's the undisputed champion. Then the next week, there's this whole speech to say, hey, you know what? Get your life together. Get yourself together. Go ahead and fight for the title again. So he fights for the title. They have this match at All Out. They also at All Out crown the trios champions. All of these things happen. But the media scrum is something that I'm not sure AEW has recovered from yet. And so I think they need to be able to assess the fact that, yo, this did a lot more damage to our goodwill than we thought so in response to that we need to turn around and just keep presenting great stories and great wrestling remind people why they fell in love with AEW in the first place and let me be clear it wasn't because of CM Punk because CM Punk wasn't there in the beginning CM Punk wasn't what got you sold out arenas for the first year and crazy pay-per-view buys and all of that stuff it wasn't CM Punk it was great wrestling. And now you have to be able to figure out what does that look like now that Cody Rhodes isn't there, now that the Bucks and Kenny Omega are suspended, now that CM Punk is no longer there. What does AEW look like? Who can you build it around? Right now, I think the feeling is to build it around John Moxley and arguably Chris Jericho. The problem, though, is Chris Jericho is supposed to be your ring of honor world champion so there's still questions about what's happening with ring of honor as we still don't have an official tv deal for ring of honor and with all of that said i think it's just now a point of aew and tony khan having to really figure out what are our priorities and what are we going to do to make these things happen and if we can do those things then things will make a difference but they've got to be committed to what aew can look like for the long haul don't get stuck in what do the ratings look like every week because here's the thing. Unlike WCW, you're not going head-to-head with another company during that time slot. This is all you, so you can't blame the WWE for why AEW Dynamite doesn't have the kinds of ratings that it might want or that it may have had previously. They now have to look at themselves, and I think if AEW takes the time to look at itself and commit itself to a long-term plan, not a two-week plan, but more like a one-year plan. And this is what we're going to do, and we're going to stay the course. I think they'll begin to see some things start to turn around. Think about this. WWE lost 83 consecutive weeks to Nitro back in the Attitude Era days, but they stayed the course. They built their own superstars. They really created stories that we wanted to see, and eventually the tide turned. And I'm not saying that this is going to mean AEW is going to beat WWE, but I do think it means that they need to stop competing with the WWE. They are two different products that both deserve to live. And we deserve to live in an era where we can enjoy all of the wrestling that's out there. So with that said, AEW, stay the course, stay focused, keep the main thing the main thing. And while you're at it, get Ring of Honor a television deal. All right. 
So with that said, we've got a lot of content coming up this week, so stay on the lookout for that. We've got lots that we'll be talking about. Obviously, the world of wrestling will be full. I told you guys that I wanted to let you know where you can find me on commentary in case you don't know. You can always find me at Southern Honor Wrestling. Southern Honor, this week we are celebrating our four-year anniversary, and it's going to be stacked. Appearances from Buff Bagwell, Teddy Long, we've got the Diamond Dallas Page First Ever Invitational Cup, and then we've got the War Chamber, two rings surrounded by a giant cage as Team SHW takes on Team Dishonor, and this is going to be a massive time. You can check out all of my commentary work with Southern Honor Wrestling on IWTV. You can check that out at independentwrestling.tv. Sign up. It's only $10 a month, but check it out. If you want some free time, use the code SHW as a promo code and you can get your first five days for free. You can also check me out as part of Championship District Wrestling. Championship District Wrestling takes place seemingly on the second or third weekend of the month. We've got another show coming up on October the 16th, which should be absolutely amazing. You can check out all of that work on our YouTube channel, youtube.com, and then search for Championship District Wrestling. Wrestling. You can also check me out at Battle Slam. Battle Slam has been so much fun. We just crowned a new world champion, and you can check out all of the shows from Battle Slam on Fight TV. Just search for Battle Slam. Some of the shows are free, some of the shows there's a cost attached to it. Either way, we're doing great work there, and you can check it out, including the big tournament for the Icon World Championship, which is on Battle Slam Aftermath. You can find that on Fight TV. And then you can check out our work with the Nightmare Factory. We've had the privilege and pleasure of calling both Class 6 and Class 7, which you can find at the Nightmare Factory's YouTube page. Just go to YouTube.com and search for Nightmare Factory, and you will find our work there as we are calling the stars of the future those who are just graduating from the nightmare factory several of these faces you will likely see in other promotions soon and very soon much as you have the previous classes so check it out all of our commentary work is in any of those four spaces. Last but not least, if you'd like some merch, which of course everybody loves merch, you can check out our latest shirt. It's called Bet On You, and you can find that at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Grab yourself a shirt or several. Christmas is coming. Birthdays are coming. And you definitely want a great message that represents pro wrestling and life itself. That is Bet On on you. So with that said, we're going to get out of here. Have an amazing day representing for our good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my pain.